Hey guys, and welcome to or back to the Pause in Pursuit podcast with your host, Summer Clark. So today I'm going to be talking all about the judging seminar that I recently attended. Um, so I'd say about a year ago now, uh, just to give you a little background, I decided that I was going to become a judge one day and I was like, well, you know, I want to be an agility trainer, um, so I'm going to have to build courses anyway. Um, you know, I've been in agility for like 11 years now, so I know how it all works. I've been competing for so long. Um that, you know, I just, I have a good understanding of agility and I enjoy course design, you know, I enjoy looking at courses and elements um, in a course. So I was like, you know what, next year, next time I see a local-ish seminar advertised on Facebook or wherever, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to do it. And I just did it. So my um, seminar was with Nick Jones um, and I really enjoyed it. It was great. Um, You know, obviously it's going to be a little bit nerve wracking because it was an exam, but the whole seminar, the whole two days was really fun really supportive group of people, met some nice new friends that I will see around at shows. So yeah, I asked you guys to ask me questions all about the judging seminar. And I've got 12 questions now to tell you all the answers to. So let's just go straight into it. So the first question is, do you have to do anything before you book onto a seminar? So yes, you do. Um, You have to pass the online exam, which is on the Kennel Club website before you are allowed to enter and attend a seminar. So this is just like a multiple choice sort of exam that you just do online and I think you have to get 80% to pass. I can't remember exactly, don't quote me on that, but you have to get a certain amount of questions right to pass. Then once you've passed, um, you get a certificate digitally and then when you actually, and then you're allowed to attend a seminar in person. So when you go to enter the seminar, they will, well, they asked me for proof of that certificate just to prove that I um, do have the basic knowledge to pass that online exam Um, and I think with the online exam if you fail I think you have to wait two weeks one I think no actually it might be one I think it's one excuse me I think you have to wait a week after taking it to redo it if you fail so you can't like it's not fresh in your mind so you don't just memorize the answers and do it immediately straight after if that makes sense Um, I think that's how it works so yes you do have to do that before you go on to the seminar but that is it so there's two parts online exam on the kennel club website Um, you can literally find it by typing it in google just kennel club judges exam and two then you go to the seminar you have your practical exam and then you're a judge so yeah quite simple if you know what you're doing basically (laughs) but yes that is what is expected of you before you go so number two is it quite difficult to pass so again this is just my opinion but not if you understand agility so for me if you fully understand the ins and outs of agility if you already have an understanding of how agility is judged how dogs are marked in the ring then no it's not difficult um the only time it'd be difficult i think is if you weren't experienced in agility yourself and you know hadn't done much agility or hadn't watched much agility because I know there is a judge that has never done agility before I think it's Doc Doherty and Doc is amazing and I've run so many of his courses and all his courses are lovely and apparently he's never done agility which is insane to me because his courses are so good so you don't have to have done agility I think you have to have done agility to be a champ judge one day but basic as long as you have that understanding and I think a key thing to do is like spectate so while you're at shows don't just go sit in your car like watch people run but watch with the intention of watching the judge. So watch the dog, but, you know, watch the judge and where where they mark the dog on the course, what they mark it for, you know, the signals they put up, stuff like that, and you will get a better understanding. But no, to answer the question, is it quite difficult to pass? Not if you understand agility, it's not that difficult. 
And that's it. That's all it is, really. It's quite simple. Um, so number three, do you have to be a certain age to attend? Because I know I have a lot of junior listeners, so I'm glad someone asked this question because I think a lot of you are quite young. So no, I don't think you have to be a certain age. This wasn't an issue for me because I'm 21 anyway, so there's never going to be an issue. But I'm pretty sure while I was on the seminar, someone said that a 14-year-old has passed the exam before, which is crazy to me. A 14-year-old, that is a talented 14-year-old and a brave 14-year-old as well, more than anything. Um, But no, I don't think there is. Again, don't quote me on anything, but, you know, double check. Um... If you're interested and want to know the answer, message the kennel, uh, email the Kennel Club. You can find that on their website. Or when if you see a seminar that you would like to attend, just message the organiser and just say, I am this age. Is that OK? Um, but no, I don't think there is an age limit. I think you can be any age whatsoever. Although I do think now we're talking about age. I think you can't judge if you're over 70, I think. But I think that's irrelevant to most of my listeners. <laughs> If you're over 70 and are watching my podcast, please let me know because that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is that. I don't think there's a certain age you have to be. So for this is quite an in-depth, in-depth question. So talk us through everything that happened during the seminar. Now, the person who asked this question put during the day, but just to remind you all that it was two days. So the seminar I went on, and I think most of them are two consecutive days. So let's start with day one. So day one, um, when I got there, obviously it's an, it was an hour and a half for me, which is fairly local, <laughs> um, or, you know, within good traveling distance. So I traveled there in the morning and I think it started at 10 and we had a seminar introduction. So, you know, we sat down, met our group, met the trainer, you know, had a bit of a chit chat. Um, and there was an introduction just going through how the two days would pan out. So we had an idea of what was coming And then we had a judging theory presentation. So this is the sort of theory side of it. So we all sat, it was like a a school sort of setting. We all sat on our chairs, on our comfy chairs and watched uh, Nick go through a slideshow. So a PowerPoint presentation. And it was all, everything to do with judging theory. Obviously, I'm not going to go through it because that's what you have to do on your seminar. Get a seminar booked and you will find out. But yeah, we went through the theory in a presentation. That took us up till lunchtime. So then we had, I think, half an hour lunch break which is important for me because food is life, obviously. Um, And then after lunch, uh, for the rest of that day, we did miniature course build and analysis. So, you know, the miniature agility equipment. I love it so much. I want one, but they must be so expensive. But they're so cute. Just mini agility equipment. And we put them down on the AstroTurf between between four poles. So it was like a mini ring. It was amazing. And um, we built the courses that we had to bring. So we all had to bring two courses. And this is another question, but we had to bring two courses. Um, Then we set up one in the miniatures. Everyone did that once. And then we all sort of sat around it and analysed it. They took us through it and then we analysed it, sort of judged it as in, you know, constructively, not like judged it like, oh, it's terrible. Obviously, obviously, um, you know, good points, points to be improved, stuff like that, judges path. Uh, safety lines onto and off contact stuff like that so yeah we all built a course and then we all analyzed it together obviously with Nick's input and learned a lot from that and that went on forever that took the rest of that day and that was so important um that I'd say that was one of the most valuable things we did on that course because it's so much easier having the miniatures there um instead of doing everything you know it'd take too long and be too confusing to do it all on a big course straight away so that was brilliant um And that was day one. So I then drove home and came back on day two and we did a real agility course build. So this was a full course, real equipment that dogs were actually going to run. So we built a, I think it was a three to five agility course um, with Nick's help. Obviously, all of us, you know, had our input and we built it, put the numbers out. 
um, and then we practice measuring it. So some people, I think two people on my course had measuring wheels of their own. That's something else. If you're going to become a judge, get a measuring wheel. I still haven't got one and I do have a judging appointment in two months. So I need to buy one ASAP, which I will do and a tape measure. But that's that's another question. Um, so people have brought their measuring wheels. So we all took it in turns. I think there's two measuring wheels. So between us, I think there's about 13 of us. Um, we took it in turns to measure the course like two at a time um, and compared what we got. Obviously, we all got roughly the same course length. And um, so we all practiced measuring, you know, the angles to come at obstacles from and lines to take with the measuring wheel and stuff like that. Um, and then we practiced judging running dog walks. So Nick got her little collie out and did some running dog walks and we all practiced running along, uh, making sure we judged the up and down contact Obviously, there's lots of discussion about up contacts, isn't there? Um, up contacts still being a thing, not having been scrapped yet, because to be honest, you can't train them, can you? So they're a bit iffy. But for now, you have to judge the up contact um, or at least make an effort to judge both contacts. You know, not just stand at the end of the dog walk where you can't see the up contact ca can contact at all. So, yeah, um, we practiced doing that with Nick's dog. She asked if I'd had if I had arrow and I didn't, unfortunately, but I then wish I had because I was like, oh, damn, I could have could have whipped arrow out and done some dog walks with him for everyone. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we practiced doing uh, running dog walk judging because they are hard um, to judge because they're so fast. But we practiced it, realized it's not as hard as you think it is um once again once you're in that judging frame of mind and this is half of it normally when you watch you don't think you're you're not watching to judge you're watching to watch you're watching to spectate whereas when you're a judge you're watching to judge so it's a different headspace and you only really know what I'm on about when you try judging and you notice the difference in yourself so when you're watching a dog to judge you have to know exactly what you're looking for and what you're looking to mark if that makes sense um so once you're in that judge's headspace the running dog looks quite simple look at the up contact see if there's any feet in it um and then you obviously run to the bottom see if there's any feet in it and you're staring at that running contact to see if there's feet in it and one, when you're in that mindset 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 staring at it it isn't as hard as you think um so that's just my opinion on that but yeah we practiced that and then we had lunch again and then we had a judging demonstration by our trainer so nick demonstrated how she would judge the course um as a dog ran over it which was super helpful um and then we went into our actual assessment so our practical assessments exam whatever you want to call it um so basically we took it in turns so there's 13 of us us so i think we judged four to six dogs each um and the rest of us sort of ring partied and got dogs in and out for that person under assessment at the time so it did take the rest of the afternoon um but yeah and you can have a practice run so or you could with us so again yours might be different but nick offered us a practice run um so we could judge a dog and it not count towards the assessment and then we'd go into our like four to six dogs of actual actual you know judging assessment and then, um, yeah, so candidates not currently under assessment, uh, ring partied, height changed and ran their own dog. So if you brought your dog, you could run your dog for your fellow course mates to judge. Um, again, should have brought Arrow, but didn't. <laughs> um, and then obviously change the heights because each of us had to, we couldn't just sort of judge one height, if that makes sense. So Nick had to see us judge all the heights. So some small, medium, large, intermediate, as long as we you know, did a range of heights, then that's good because obviously they're different, 
different. Can't talk today, can I? Can never talk, really, can I? Um, obviously, all the heights look different to judge, different speeds, uh, different angles, stuff like that. So it's important that she saw us judge all the heights. Obviously, when you're a judge, you can't just judge small, for example, or I don't, I don't know if you can, actually, but you want to be able to judge all the heights, basically. Um, so that's what happened. And then after all the assessment, assessments were complete, we had our certificate presentation and a cheeky little photo, which you've all probably seen on my social media um, of everyone together looking proud. And that was the two days. So, yeah, that that's pretty much what panned out. And it was great. I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. I really enjoyed it. It's a good memory for a start. And now I've got that qualification under my belt. So question five, what were you expected to bring and did you have to supply your own course plans? So yes, I briefly touched on this um, a few minutes ago, didn't I? So yes, we had to design and bring two original course plans of our own, one three to five agility and one six, seven agility. Again, this was just my course. Um, not all courses might be the same. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, we had to plan those and bring them with us. So I used a, I can't remember the website I used, but it wasn't, it wasn't smarter agility because I thought at the time you had to pay up front for that. So I used a different version and then printed them out and brought them with me. Um, I did those in like the, I think like the month up to the seminar because I didn't want to leave it too long because I'd never made a course before and I didn't know how long it'd take me. It does take you quite a while to start with. Um, took me a couple of hours <laughs> probably to do one course um, in the start because I'm a, a perfectionist and I'm OCD and I wanted it to be absolutely spot on. But it's quite it's very satisfying when you get a course together. You're like, oh, I built that. It's great. So I'd recommend, even if you haven't booked onto a seminar yet, if you're thinking of becoming a judge, start making courses and you'll have them ready. Um, I mean, you know, you're going to get feedback on them if you before you judge, basically, you're going to send your course plans in. You're going to get feedback and help if they're not safe enough, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, don't be afraid to just start making them now, because the more you make now, the more you'll have to sort of get feedback on and improve and the more you'll learn. So, yeah, I would really, you know, suggest doing that if you ever want to become a judge, even if you aren't booked onto a seminar. But, yeah, we had to do that. Um, and I don't know if this is part of the question, but other stuff that I brought because it was just important is warm clothes because it was in the winter. Well, not really winter. It's meant to be spring, but it was cold. It's England. Um, I brought my own chair. They did have chairs. And again, it depends what venue you go to, but I like my comfy chairs. Uh, blankets, again, because it's cold. Brought my own lunch, water, hot drink, just basic stuff like that. But there were cakes and hot drinks there as well and a kettle. So that was nice. You know, it was really sort of homely, cozy, friendly, sort of safe vibes. It was it was a nice environment. Um, and there's something I forgot on the first day because I didn't even think to bring it. It was a notebook and a pen, but I just used the notes, notes page on my phone. But a lot of people had a notebook and a pen to like write notes down as uh, the trainer went through the presentation, you know, the theory and stuff. And then if you have a measuring wheel, bring it along for the measuring. Not to worry if you don't. Um, there will be one anyway, but it just speeds up the process the more they have. Um, and then judging rule books if you already have them. Uh, I think two people out of my course already had them and brought them with them, but the rest of us didn't have them. Um, but I'll come on to that in a minute. We we did get to pay for some um, to get on the day, which actually didn't arrive because the chemical club hadn't sent them yet. But we paid for them and they're going to get sent to us, besides the point. Uh, so that is what I took with me. And then number six, what were the costs involved? So obviously this is quite important. Uh, it depends what you can afford. It's not it's not exactly cheap, but to be fair, neither is agility in general. Um, so my seminar was £150. Um, and then obviously I had to fill my car up, so petrol to and from the venue. But again, that's just that's just part and parcel of going somewhere for something, whatever it is, isn't it? 
Um, and then £7 for a set of judging rule books. So I brought that with me in cash and gave it to Nick for those. Um, so pff, all in all, it was probably about 200 quid, maybe a bit, maybe like 210, 220 maybe. Because um, I did have to fill my car up. I think I was nearly out of petrol before the seminar. So I did fill my car a full tank. So whatever that cost me, it's probably like pff, 70 quid these days, isn't it? I probably... I probably put about 50 quid in, let's just say that. So yeah, 150, 50, 200, 207, yeah, around just over 200 probably for the entire two days. Um, so those were the costs involved, but like I said, entirely worth it because you don't have to do it again. Once it's done, it's done. Um, and we're agility people. We're used to spending all our money anyway. So number seven, what did the exam look like and what was expected of you? So very good question. Um, this is very important, you know, to know what's coming. So what happened, and I've already touched on this again, is we had to individually judge four to six dogs over the course we set as a group. So like I said earlier, we did that mass course build um, on the Astro. The venue we did it at was an Astro turf venue. Um, so we all judged the dogs over that same course. Obviously, we walked the course and walked our judging path before the assessment. So no need to worry there. And obviously, you can discuss it amongst each other and stuff like that, get support. Um, so we were marked on accuracy, competency and eti eti etiquette. Oh my God, I've just butchered that word so much. Hang on. <laughs> I'm just going to Google. Hang on. I'm going to Google how to pronounce etiquette. There we go. Why can I not say that? All right, are you going to hear Siri in a minute? Are you ready? Etiquette. 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 Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I got a nine, right? In Oh, I just pressed a button. I got a nine in English language GCSE. And I just learned today. I was today years old when I learned how to pronounce etiquette. I still don't like that word. That doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? But anyway, so let me start that again because I've probably distracted you. You're marked on accuracy, competency. So obviously how accurate your um, judging signals are, you know, how timely you can put them up after the dogs made the mistake. Uh, competency, again, same thing, just how competent you are as a judge speaks for itself, really, isn't it? How well you do the job of a judge. And etiquette, my new uh, word of the day, um, which is basically just how you present yourself, you know, uh, confidence in your decisions, how, yeah, stuff like that, basically. Um, and confidence in your decisions is quite important because you're in charge, you're the judge. Um, if you're not confident in your decisions, the competitors aren't going to be confident in their decisions, uh, in the decisions you've made for them either. Um, so yeah, you've got to be confident in your knowledge and the decisions you make on course and present yourself nicely, you know, dress nice, stuff like that. Um, obviously that's not part of the assessment, but we did talk about that in the seminar. Um, but yeah, just, just present yourself confidently and soundly, um, and make accurate decisions and you'll be absolutely fine. And then eight <laughs> overall, was it really scary? <laughs> so no, I don't mean to laugh, but no, as with any exam, you are always going to be a little bit nervous. So think back to like school exams. A lot of you listening are probably still going through that kind of thing at the moment, which if you are, I feel sorry for you because I hated exams. But this is a practical assessment and I always did better at practical assessments than written assessments anyway. Um, so no, it wasn't scary. It's a little bit nerve wracking, but all the other people in your group are in exactly the same situation as you. Um, but it was a fun, friendly, supportive and relaxed environment in total. Say so the only time I really felt any kind of anxiety was maybe 10 minutes before I actually did my assessment. 
But once I was in there judging the dogs, I wanted to carry on. It was loads of fun. Um, you know, and everything is worse before you do it, isn't it? Nothing is as bad as it seems. Um, you know, it. sorry, nothing is as bad as it seems when you actually do it. That's what I meant to say. Um, so, yeah, no, it's not really scary. It's not scary at all. It's just, obviously, there's a few butterflies before you do it. But no, um, you've just learned what to do over the last two days. So have confidence in yourself and it's not scary at all. And agility people are lovely. So the people you spend the two days with are really supportive. And yeah, it's amazing. So nine, are there, are there trick scenarios in the exam that are designed to catch you out? Again, can't speak for every seminar, but no, not in not in mine. Um, the trainers want nothing more than to pass you than for you to pass at the end of the day. You know, they're there to see you succeed and they want you to succeed and they're not trying to get you to fail. So don't go into it thinking the trainer is like trying to catch you out and trying to give themselves a reason to fail you and just whatever reason you think. Um, that's in your head. No, um, they're there to they want to see you pass. So, no, there aren't trick scenarios that I'm aware of. Um, again, it's worth asking just before the, the assessment if you're worried about that. Um, but, no, don't be, don't, don't be thinking that they're out, out to get you. It's fine. Um, so, 10, what is the next step after passing the exam? So, good question because, obviously, you pass your exam, you come home, you think, I'm now a judge. Now, now what happens? You know, do you have to actively do anything or not? So, oh, I've lost my question. There we go. So, in my opinion, after you pass the exam, keep practicing uh, your course design. Um, I've just um, signed up for Smarter Agility. So you get your first two months free. This is not an ad, by the way. I'm just saying Smarter Agility is amazing. I'm using it and it is actually really good. I'm not sponsored by them. I'd love to be. Maybe I'll ask them. But no, this is not an ad. Um, I've just gone to it. I think it's like £1.30. It's in euros um, when you go onto the website, but I think it's like £1.30 a month after the first two months or something, so it's well worth it if you're a judge um, and if you make a lot, a lot of courses, so I've signed up for that and I'm doing lots of course design. Obviously, I've got my first judging appointment at Dog Sports Derby, by the way, on the 22nd of May, which is a Monday this year, so if you're grades one to three, please come to Dog Sports Derby and run my courses. It's all heights. And there are two agility and one jumping courses. I've made the first course. It just needs a few tweaks. And then I have two more courses to build as I'm today. Not as in not as in I'm going to build them today. But as I'm speaking right now in the present moment, I still have two to do. Um, and a bit of tweaking on that first one. That was a confusing sentence. I'm sorry. But I'm getting, too ex- I'm getting so excited. I can't wait. Um, so, yeah, I've got that. I've got that happening. And then I'm reserved judge for two more shows throughout the summer there, which is so exciting. And I'm excited to get more judging appointments. But just, yeah, the moral is just keep practicing your course design. I am doing that um, using Smarter Agility. But there's also other online course design um, websites and apps and stuff that you can find out there if you Google it. And, re- yeah, research course design as well. Um, so I know there's a agility course plans page on Facebook. Um, I love looking through there, looking at other people's courses just for inspiration obviously not to copy people's courses because that's so obvious why would you do that don't do that make your own courses they have to be original but get inspiration from other people's courses you know um just see how they lay them out and you know what their lines are like and entries next onto contacts and you know lines onto and off of things and jumps and stuff like that and yeah analyze other judges courses so just take inspiration from other people's courses and put your name down to judge at shows. So that's how I got my first appointment. Um, 
if a show is looking for people to judge, they might put a, a post out on Facebook, for example, or an ad somewhere saying judges wanted, looking for judges for this show on this date at this venue, um, for these grades and these heights, and just put your name down, put, yep, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, obviously, if you can and you want to, but I know it's scary, but, um, you know, you're only going to get better if you practice, so put yourself out there, once you pass your exam, you are a competent judge because you passed your theory and your practical exam, so trust yourself, believe in yourself, be excited for it, don't be scared, get your name down, put yourself out there, um, and get those judging appointments sorted, and then you've got something to work towards, so just put yourself out there once you've passed, um, and yeah. So 11, what is your best piece of course design advice? So I'm still a new judge. Um, so I don't want to start spouting off my advice on how to build courses because I'm still new to it and I've got a lot to learn still. But I would say if I had to choose one piece of advice, it would be keep it safe, flowing and fast. So safety is everything. It always has to be safe. Just keep it safe and flowing because if it's flowing, it's probably going to be safe pretty much, if that makes sense. Um, but as long as your courses are safe and flowing, you know, your people can't bash you, people can't criticise you, um, because, you know, and stick to the rule book, um, you know, know your rules and regulations for judges and courses and stuff like that, just get really clued up, and the more knowledge you have, the more confident you will be in your course design decisions, and yeah, just, just keep it safe and use your knowledge, and obviously don't be afraid to ask for help, and that comes in my last question, which is what advice do you have for those thinking about becoming a judge? So I know a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, I, I'd love to do that. That sounds fun. So I'd say just go for it. If you want to do it, go for it. Um, life is short. Why not? Absolutely go for it. Do your research. Like I said, research is important. And not only will it make you more competent at the assessment and at judging in general, but it will also heighten your confidence. So you're going to be less nervous going into it if you're already clued up. Uh, believe in yourself. Again, sounds cheesy, but that is the key to pretty much everything in life, isn't it? Um, and especially if you've done a lot of research, you know, and after you passed your exam, especially, you know, believe in yourself, you know, leading up to doing your seminar, as long as you've done research, pass the online exam, believe in that knowledge that you've clearly got. Um, but you're going to go in more confident if you're prepared. So do that before you do it. And don't be afraid to ask for help and feedback. So come to, you know, message other judges that you look up to that you've seen um, have really cool courses um, at shows and online and stuff and ask them for help, advice, feedback. You know, you can send people your courses if you want for feedback um, and stuff like that. Don't be afraid to reach out to people and get help. Everyone starts somewhere and I'm still starting. Um, I hope I'm a way better judge in a couple of years than I am right now because I've, I haven't even done an appointment yet. I've, I've passed the exams, but I'm, I haven't had that experience yet. Uh, don't expect you to be put yourself to be perfect on your first appointment either. Um, you know, you've got to go through being a newbie to get to being an experienced E, if that makes sense. Um, so you will get there. And then learn from others and take criticism constructively. So learning from others is important, as I've said, and then criticism. So you've probably heard a lot of people say about, oh, judge bashing and, you know, oh, people will say this and that about people's courses, even if there's nothing wrong or whatever like that. And, you know, busybodies kind of just slating people's courses and stuff like that. It's probably going to happen at some point. Um, not everyone's going to love your every course you make. 
Um, if they're mean about it, then that's a them problem, not a you problem. As long as your course is by the rule book and it is safe and it is flowing and it is grade appropriate. And if you want to learn more about my opinion on grade appropriateness with courses and skills in those courses, then I think, was that my last episode? I think that was my last episode, yeah. So go back and look at my um, grade appropriate podcast. It's mainly about young dogs. I think it's called Young Dog Young Dog Agility, but it's got all my insights on like grade appropriateness. But as long as your course is all of those things, then you've done your best. You know you've done your best. If you've ran your courses by um, your trainer who trained you, um, by trainer, I mean judging trainer from your seminar and the, the organiser of the show that you are going to judge at, then you've done everything you can. You've got people supporting your courses. You set them up safely. You do the correct measurements. You follow the rule. But like I said, people can't complain. And if they do, then try and take it with a pinch of salt. But take criticism constructively. So listen to what they have to say. And if there is some actual genuinely good criticism in there that will help you to improve your courses and learn and get better as a judge, take that in a positive light. Don't be offended take it like oh thank you actually yeah for my next course at my next appointment I will take that into consideration and change my courses so that they are more like this if that makes sense but just remember not everyone's gonna love your courses um it depends what dog they have as well so the courses I like with Arrow may not be anything like the courses I like with Ethel in fact I can tell you they're not um Ethel I didn't need them to be really spaced out with Ethel I like twisty, turny, tight, but with Arrow, I like them to be wide, you know, spread, fast, open. Um, and obviously most dogs, most people like the latter. Um, but with Ethel, I would be less bothered than I would be with Arrow if I had a tight, twisty course that wasn't quite as flowing, stuff like that. So it depends what dog they have, what height they're on, everything. Uh, people are always going to have their opinions, but try not to take it too much to heart but use it instead. Use it to learn. So that is all my questions. And I think that is everything for the episode. Um, like I said, if you have any more questions about doing a judging course, please message me or any questions about um, anything to do with judging that I might have learned on the course that you'd like to know, then message me. Obviously, just take into consideration that I'm still a complete newbie. But yeah, I, I will help you all in as many ways as I can. So without further ado, I'm going to put my social media links here on the screen on YouTube and down below in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And just make sure you follow all of those because I'm active on them every day on posts and stories, etc. Um, give the podcast a five star rating, hopefully, if you're feeling generous on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That would mean the absolute world to me. And just stay up to date with everything. Like I said, slide into the DMs if you have any more questions about this topic. Keep sending me your constructive criticism for the podcast um and future episode ideas future guest ideas um next week's episode is going to be um an episode with megan hunt talking all about dog uh, agility dog fitness which is super exciting so head over to the instagram um oh no actually no it'll be gone by then i'm thinking today i just put the question box for that podcast episode but yes come back um to make sure that you don't miss that episode episode it's going to be really exciting and I will talk to you guys all then bye